0: Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host Katherine Calarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Katherine Calarco.
1: Welcome. Today's show is about an amazing subject that all of you I know are interested in because a lot of you out there are entrepreneurs. And we are talking today about unique strategies to rapidly grow your business. So on this episode of Humanity Evolve, which is about converging the technology with humanity in order to create a better you, nurture what is great about you and build your business, your community and and create a better world. And today we have have a, a better world maker. Uh, Srimana uh, Mitra is one of my friends and uh, uh, alumni from MIT. And she and I have known each other for over a decade. And And I remember when her uh, her site was starting and how successful it was. And we were talking about the challenges of being an entrepreneur. And she's really leveraged this to create global insights on successful entrepreneurship. She's the founder of 1 Million by 1 Million. This is a virtual global accessibility Accelerator, the first one, and it's headquartered in the amazing Silicon Valley. Our, and her aim is to nurture a million entrepreneurs to reach a million dollars each in revenue and, and go beyond that. And how many of you out there would want to fast track your your business growth and growth and be able to connect with more of your customers and be more successful with less work? And uh, you know the, what's awesome about this accelerator is that they want to create a trillion dollars in global GDP and create over ten million jobs. You know, so it's it's really about creating a better world and building economic development. Welcome, Srimana. It's awesome to have you on board. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Catherine. It's been a real pleasure um, hearing from you, and, and I'm delighted to be here.
1: Uh, excellent. So so what, what inspired you to build this platform and really create this accelerator? What was the origin of it, and what's your personal story with regard to, to making this available to all of us?
2: So, um, you know, I've been in the entrepreneurship world, in the technology entrepreneurship world for more than 20 years. I started my first company as a graduate student at MIT in 1994. So, um, And then I left uh, after my master's to do that full-time. And then since then, I moved to Silicon Valley, raised m- you know, millions and millions of venture capital to do multiple companies. I did three startups all through the 90s. And I really got to know the venture capital funded startup ecosystem and the the thought process really well. You could say that I grew up in this environment of entrepreneurship and venture capital. And during those days, these were the beginning of the, you know, internet, the dot-com mania. And we right. were really swept up in this whole venture capital concept. But then, as I matured, and as I stepped back to look at the world with some, you know, very analytical eyes, as you know, we are MITs, right? We look That's at things exactly. very analytically. <laughs> i i thought about it I was like well you know venture capital is a model that applies to these hyper growth companies that go from 0 to 100 million dollars in revenue in 5 to 7 years and they yeah. need to be this m- huge TAM you know total available market so these need to be huge multi billion dollar market opportunity companies and i'm like gosh how many companies fulfill that criteria right so Over 99% of the companies that seek venture capital actually get rejected. And I asked the question, what about the other 99%? And the truth is, there are tons of viable companies that can be successful, organic growth, linear growth companies that don't grow exponentially, but that can grow to be very nice, profitable businesses and can be Great engines for economic development, and they just don't get supported by any incubator, any accelerator. Everybody is chasing this venture capital mania, and I decided to do things differently.
1: Wow, awesome. I mean, it's like one of the things I learned, you know, with MIT is actually how many jobs are created. And often they're created by companies, they're women led. So a lot of women businesses actually increase the GDP and increase the local economy, even in times of recession. So there's a lot of economic development opportunity and and success in businesses that, like you said, are kind of they're below the radar or not within the purview of uh, you know, trying to be a unicorn, but are definitely viable businesses. So you you have a dramatically different view of about entrepreneurship, education, incubation and acceleration. Can you explain a little bit of what you mean by that and, and build on the comment around focusing on these 99% companies?
2: Yes. So, you know, in like in every other um, entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial development community, our community, which is quite large, I think we. Touching, you know, probably close to half a billion, I mean, sorry, half a million uh, people at this point in our um, work. Wow! And the, the truth is, these people are not all going to build these billion dollar companies. There's a very rare set that are going to be building these billion dollar companies. Now, let me give you a scenario, and, and yeah. all of you who are listening, please do this thought experiment with me. Let's say you take, you know, seven years, 10 years to build a five million dollar pro- company, a revenue company, and you're doing 20 to 30 percent in profit year over year. You have nice organic growth and you have a, you know, small team that is very happy. You have a great set of customers. What is wrong with this scenario? <laughs> Similarly, you take that same concept and look at a you know, let's say a twenty million dollar company uh, let's say it takes you 15 years to build a twenty million dollar company with a twenty to thirty percent profit level and you you are catering to customers, you're solving customer problems. you have a very good solid business, you have a good community of employees who are happy and and satisfied and fulfilled and you are fulfilled because you're doing something meaningful. What is wrong with this scenario? Now, if you look at the venture capital equation, all these scenarios I just presented, which I believe are completely successful scenarios, are all right. considered failures. Huh. Our philosophy is entrepreneurship equals customers, revenues, and profits. Financing is optional. Exit is optional. You need an exit if you take financing from external sources, whether it's institutional or any other kind of external source, um, except banks, but Otherwise, you can just organically grow a business and, and have a you know, very successful life. That is a big difference. That's a dramatic difference that we have in our philosophy of how we think about entrepreneurship than any other accelerator or incubator out there who are all working as feeders into the angel and venture capital ecosystem.
1: Mm. So what you're saying is you created a a separate model for people to actually organically grow their business and create a viable, uh, successful, uh, profitable, enjoyable business that adds value to the community. Yeah. And it's sustainable, yeah. right? Exactly. And 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 do you feel like the that that this is this model is underrepresented? That that actually, or or it's what most entrepreneurs do, um, and and is and uh, separately, is the is the funding system, the VC system, is it broken in the sense of being able to truly uh, create impact for for the greater number of these companies?
2: Well, uh, there are multiple questions in there. These these entrepreneurs are not underrepresented. bulk of the entrepreneurs in the world are actually in that other 99%. The That's problem right. is the incubation and acceleration system does not support them.
0: So the incubators
2: ah. and accelerators are all looking to take equity in ventures that are in eventually going to get funded by angels and then followed by VCs. Right. And their assumption is all these companies are going to get Become billion-dollar companies. Now, if you look at the ridiculousness of the scenario, there are 7,500 to 8,000 incubators and accelerators in the world today. Right? Can you imagine 7,500 to 8,000 accelerators (laughs) funding, you know, 10 companies a year? So they're like 75,000 to 80,000 companies all becoming billion-dollar companies. Is this reasonable? (laughs)
1: <laughs> the probabilities are not not in favor not, of that. I
2: mean,
1: the, so you were thinking about you were talking about entrepreneurs. You know that that most of the companies are uh, are are not the unicorns, right? So, and what are accelerators doing to help these businesses thrive? So, can everyone be a successful in, uh, entrepreneur, and and how do you define that?
2: Well. It really depends on how you define entrepreneurship. As I said, my definition of entrepreneurship is success, is customers, revenues, and profits. And that is the definition of a sustainable business. So for me, anybody who can build a successful business, sustainable business, is a successful entrepreneur. Now, right. if you think if, if you define success for yourself as building building a billion dollar unicorn is the only the only kind of success that you care about, that that is your problem. That is not my problem. I don't define entrepreneurship success that way. So, those right. of you who are listening, I strongly encourage you to first determine what is your definition of success. And and the reason this is important is that actually there is a very complex set of skill sets. And there's a very complex set of ment- mental models that yield uh, entrepreneurs who go on to build this billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar companies. And there's a lot of sacrifice involved also along the way. So it's really a question of what, how do you define success? And if you define success to be something other than billion-dollar, billion-dollar unicorn. There are many, many more companies that can become successful, many, many more entrepreneurs who can build those successful companies. There are many more ideas that are $5 million, $10 million, $20 million, $50 million ideas than billion-dollar ideas. And there are many more entrepreneurs who can be successful with more modest expectations. Now, yeah. the one out- outside point that I want to make in this context is that there are lots of people who are not cut out even to do that. Because right. at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is a tremendous nerve game, and not everybody is cut out to play that nerve game.
1: So what do you mean by that? So tell us a little bit about one is I love the idea of success being defined by who you are and what you want in life, because so many business ideas are really good and they deserve to see the light of day or impact, a positively impact a community and that people should be encouraged, supported and enabled to actually realize that opportunity in a way that fits their current life. So it's like encouraging people at a time where entrepreneurship and innovation and being able to get up and make a difference in the world world is actually possible, that there are there are ways to make that happen. So I absolutely fundamentally believe in that a, that aspect of defining success and that it takes an attitude and a, a courage and the reframing mental models. So tell us a little bit about this mental model and nerve, the, the game of nerves that you're talking about.
2: So, you know, it's like a roller coaster, right? Every day is going to bring you something different. Some days are going to bring you tremendous highs. Some days are going to Bring really you real lows, and being able to, you know, steadily navigate a ship through those kinds of turbulent emotional waters requires a special kind of personality and a special kind of mental model. And that's what yeah. I'm referring to when I say not everybody has it, because the tough times are really tough, and and it requires a certain level of resilience, a certain level of um, equanimity to be able to work through those challenges and turbulence um, in your life just to be right. able to sustain for a long period of time. And the, you know, entrepreneurship is not an overnight success game. It sounds like, oh, suddenly, you know, you just put in a year of work and you walk out with $6 million. That's just not how it works, right? It takes many right. years to build successful companies. And just to give you an example, one of my favorite, favorite stories, actually, from the one m one case study um, repository is a company called Tabula. And um, the company went four years with no revenue at all. In the fifth year, they did $1 million in revenue. Wow. And in the sixth year, they did $100 million in revenue. In the seventh year, they did $200 million in revenue. Right. That is long. You know, four years <laughs> of no revenue is right. a traumatic four years.
1: Right, right, and the, 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 what's uh, what's interesting about that is that a lot of entrepreneurs have figured out one, they're naturally resilient people, right? They're they're creative, and they they couldn't do it any other way. The second thing is that creating support. When I worked with the MIT Entrepreneurship Center, we coached a lot of CEOs and really helped them to understand that yes, it's lonely, but two, you can get help. That there's yes. ways of getting help, and a lot of why I'm in digital health is because of the experience I. I saw with so many entrepreneurs is that, and, and so many people is that being able to build your own natural resilience, um, having support around you, doing things like uh, stress management techniques, mindfulness, meditation, and creating boundaries around and, and support networks for yourself is is key to that, right? And so That's after we, and
2: after we and come back. And the other thing to- that is really key is, uh, you know, your personal life, you know, who yes. are you with, whether it's uh, partner or spouse or, you know, for their support, you know, right. other family right. members, close friends, people who, you know, who sustain you through all these uh, difficult times.
1: Right, and, and speaking of people who sustain us, we're going to take a break right now and listen to a couple of our sponsors, and, and one of them is the Ocean Learning Center uh, with Fabian Cousteau, which I highly recommend supporting, and, and another o- entrepreneur. So we'll be back right after the break, and we're going to talk with Mana a little bit more about mental models and some of the tips that you can do to grow your business to be a successful million-dollar-plus business. We'll be right after the break. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. (音楽) Thank you
3: dog barking or an angel singing then you know that you're listening to waking up in america heard every wednesday at 3 pacific time valerie kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential adventure is always a must on waking up in america with valerie kirkard every wednesday at 3 pacific
0: This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve.
1: Hello, this is Catherine Calarco with Humanity Evolve. Welcome back to our show. We are talking about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship for many people, and how can we successfully uh, support and incubate Smaller companies, not the uh, not only unicorns, but other wonderful, sustainable, profitable, life uh, life invigorating, and world changing organizations. So, before the break, we were talking about mental models and uh, resilience, and and having the 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 right nervous system in a way to actually be an entrepreneur. So, you know, one of the ways that you've talked about this is is bootstrapping, right? And how yeah. the people have the fortitude to bootstrap an organization and and really use their cash flow to grow it. So uh, can you talk about what are some of the, what is bootstrapping? What's your key philosophy for that? And some of the techniques that make that work.
2: So the reason bootstrapping is so important is that, you know, to define bootstrapping, you're basically building a business without external financing, especially the kind of financing we are talking about that requires hyper-growth, the angel and venture capital financing. In bootstrapping, the key constituent that you're catering to is your customer. And it's the revenues, it's the cash coming from customers that is really helping you grow a business organically. And that is incredibly critical because um, if you are doing a, a slower growth company, if you're doing a linear growth company the option of getting um, equity financing through angel and venture capital is not available to you because they are looking for exponential growth companies right so you have to somehow figure out how to make the you know product market fit equation work with your own resources with your uh, you know personal money with customer cash flow and with maybe friends and family Right. So the techniques of bootstrapping that I have found that, are, that come up over and over and over again in our case studies, in our methodology, are two. One is bootstrapping with a paycheck, and the second one is bootstrapping using services. So let awesome. me elaborate a little yeah. bit. Bootstrapping with a paycheck is basically you don't quit your job. You start a company Doing nights and weekends and and kind of doing it on the side and you start validating an idea to see if you can attract customers to, um, you know, buy into your value proposition and start, you know, paying for what you have to offer. And you don't quit your job until you have a good sense that, yeah, you've got a product market fit, you will be able to build this business sustainably once you quit. So sometimes, you know, product market fit, this quest for product market fit is a trial and error process, it's an experimental process, and it's a non-deterministic process. It can take you very long, it can take you, you know, sometimes it takes three, four months to get product market fit, but sometimes it takes 18 to 24 months, 36 months to get Product market fit, and, and the story that I told you before the break took them four years to get product market fit. So, right. so, so that kind of you know long crossing the desert kind of scenario is best done without quitting your job when you have somebody you know paying you you know your paycheck basically so that you can pay your bills. So that's <laughs> so one methodology saying- we are seeing work.
1: Yeah. So, how, you know, basically, you're saying do two jobs at one time. You know, because you're trying do to do two jobs this up, at as one time. That is grueling. Yeah. And and do companies uh, support this type of activity when they know that you've got a side business, or is it something that you just have to keep? Um, you know, you have to keep the balance of both in order to perform well at your work and keep and retain the growth there, as well as to figure it out after the your entrepreneurial enterprise.
2: There are multiple um, answers to your question. It depends. The answer is right. it depends on the um, enterprise. So, you know, we do actually quite a bit of corporate innovation work. Um, aside yeah. from directly working with entrepreneurs, we also work with corporations who want to do corporate incubation. And we have, you know, like we have customers who are running corporate incubation programs on the 1M1M 1M platform. And one of right. our largest partners is Oracle, Oh, and awesome. Oracle actually encourages companies being not companies so much it's being entrepreneurship happening within their for, uh, forum. So they are paying for 1M 1M memberships for their employees to come and learn entrepreneurship with us. And if you, have, awesome. if you happen to be in a company that has that kind of extraordinarily supportive um, philosophy as far as entrepreneurship is concerned, you're in, in for a great scenario. Yeah, that's now, not bad. <laughs> yeah. So now you could also be in a scenario where um, you the company has interest in supporting entrepreneurs and you could go and, and you know, get the company to incubate you and, and give you a little bit of seed funding. We have case studies like that in one million by one million as well. So so there can be a variety of different things. My recommendation, however, is to disclose. If you do something, especially if you're doing something competitive with your employer and trying to do bootstrapping with a paycheck, that's where things become very sticky and it can right. land you in a great deal of difficulty. But most of the time it doesn't and most of the time you can do something interesting um, you know, with the knowledge of your employer and, some, and these days especially with the support of your employer. Right, and sometimes they're looking it's for completely unrelated and, and to what your job is, and you're doing it on the side. Just you just do it, and it has it doesn't stand in the way of anything, and and it's just one way to, you know, build your business.
1: Yeah, and the second one you talked about, you tell us a little bit more about yes. that. The other option, the services. The
2: second one is bootstrapping with services, and and the, this one is interesting because, you know, um, again. The, Incubation and acceleration ecosystem of the world focuses on products. where mm-hmm. it focuses on services it's software as a service. so you're basically still building a product you can you are delivering it in the cloud but you still have to build a product and, and sell the product um, you know in this process. Right, so right That requires that you are basically doing reading financing of the product development phase. Okay. The advantage of bootstrapping with services is that you kind of go to the customers of your idea, and mm-hmm. you validate it with them, and, and if they they want, it's a strong enough pain point, and they want you to solve that pain point for them, they could actually pay you to develop the solution for them, and you could right. negotiate such that you do these contract software services or contract projects. But you maintain um, control over the intellectual property that you develop, so you're basically developing a product, but you're developing a product with other people paying for it upfront. Right. So right. all that services, cash that comes in, Helps you finance the bootstrapping phase. That's
1: that's interesting because we've I've done that a couple times with um, clients that wanted uh, a product that we were going to create and uh, yes. but not in the timeline right and they wanted to right. have influenceability in what was being developed and we were small enough right. that we could work with them so they funded the the NREs or the expenses of building it and it would maintained our product and then they had a discounted rate to use it for a period of time and then helped to, uh, you know, so that basically uh, pre-funded it. So it was actually able to get into the market earlier uh, because of their funding. And so the ROI exactly on that was so. great because we didn't, we didn't have to take uh, loans or investment or anything like that to build it. We, yeah, the client you can the, be yeah. bypass
2: all seed financing requirements with this methodology.
1: Right, right, exactly. and the and so that and 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 so those those two are some of the techniques. So I've seen other places where um the bootstrapping is used, you know you they have enough to get it started, and then they they fund it out of cash flow, right? So they have yeah. I and mean, there's a there's a real challenge with that because obviously it limits the amount of scale and the the trajectory of that. but you know, talk a little bit about some of the cases that actually were able to uh, sustain through cash flow.
2: Yeah, so um, there are, you know, again, once you have bootstrapped the product market fit uh, phase and you have built a product that the market wants and so forth, a lot of options open up for you, right? This is the period when things start to accelerate, things start to, um, you know, give you more credibility in the market. And then you could do two ways. You could continue to bootstrap and the other option is if you do have a large enough market opportunity in front of you. This is the time when you can raise money. So we often, very often, we mm. use the methodology of bootstrap first, raise money later, which is I see. probably the best way to actually finance a company when you have right. because you have valuation you can maintain enough equity control over the company if you bootstrap first get validation and especially if you can get to traction then you raise money at very very strong valuations and you are in control you don't my my pet line on this one is do not go to vcs as beggars go as kings <laughs> right so if you have bootstrapped to validation and traction then actually the investors are chasing you as opposed to you kind of begging uh, with investors and that is the best negotiating point where you, to raise, raise money from
1: right I think that's having so said important. that
2: there are a few uh, cases where people have bootstrapped all the way um, and I have two really favorite case studies one is a company called zoho um, and the second one is a company called eclinical works in healthcare IT these are two companies that have bootstrapped all the way and In 2018, they're forecasting each a billion dollars in revenues, not valuation, revenues, billion Uh dollars in revenues. And if they were to go out in the public market, they would probably command valuations in the range of five to ten billion dollars.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So you're saying that, you know, a lot of people say that you, in order to be that big, you have to get venture capital. Is is that true or, or that again, does it true. depend on the that business? That is not true.
2: That is not true because there are certain kinds of companies that once you've hit your stride, you know, once you've got product market fit and if you really found a, a good um, you know, product market fit, something that the market has real appetite for, companies can grow very fast. And I, I spoke with each of these entrepreneurs, Sridhar Vembu of Zoho and Girish Navani of eClinical Works. I did talk to them fairly often because these are two really masterful executions of the bootstrapping strategy. And right. uh, last time I uh, was talking to them about their financials. They were at about three hundred million in revenue, throwing out a hundred million dollars in free cash flow year after year and and that gives hundred million dollars plenty of cash uh, <laughs> to lot, grow
1: it to grow it. Yeah. So, and what 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 are the key components of those two businesses that you feel enabled them to bootstrap to that size?
2: Well, they took their time so early on, they took their time they didn't have the pressure of having to go from 0 to 100 million dollars in 5 to 7 years which you would have if you were doing it within the venture capital clock right right so they uh, these companies were founded in 1999 2000 2001 time frame. right and um and and with the number I'm telling you of their projections of reaching a billion dollars in revenue is a 2018 number. So we're talking 18 to 20 years of solid, steady execution. And the earlier part of their journeys were slower growth. But once they hit the stride, things started getting really quick and fast and and, and that's when so this is a company built not in five to seven years a company built over a 18 to 20 year time frame and my take on this is what's wrong with that
1: Right exactly I have two examples it's very similar when I was uh, running the public private partnership in New Zealand to grow uh, 100 companies to 100 million out of the high growth project there was a there was two organizations and they said yeah it took us 15 years to become a success overnight you know so exactly most
2: 15- successes are like that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it took them 15 years to get to 10 million in revenue and another five to get to hundred million. So exactly. and you're, it was, it was actually, you know, uh, a sustained uh, success and execution, um, a compassionate, dedicated, tenacious entrepreneur who was a very good leader and, and, and had a world's a problem. One of them was in healthcare. They were doing healthcare uh, systems and the other one was um, doing uh, technology for navigation. And so these two organizations uh, had, uh, very solid founders and one of them i think they're both with one of them is with the organization and the other one is actually sold to a larger organization yeah. but they did the, they did the same thing and they joked around about it how you know 15 years uh, and i'm over uh, to t- be an overnight success you know so yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. and that and, is more the stand- not norm you know rather than these you know going from zero to hundred million in five years those are those are the exceptions, even though that is what we read about in the media, because the media is obsessed about funded companies. Yeah. Entire entrepreneurship media runs on this unicorn, unicorn, you know, funding yeah. news kind of um, memes, and and I think it's a crime, really.
1: It it's is so why, why are they why are they so obsessed with this? You know, you know why are they so obsessed with finding unicorns and talking about them?
2: Well, it, it kind of happened, you know, over a period of time that the whole business of so we live in the midst of a bubble and right. uh, there's a, there's too much money in venture capital um, sloshing around and all this money has to be put to work and they're all competing for the same deal so the, the valuations on these deals get bid up to unsustainable levels um, and 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 then you know everything starts to kind of fall apart um, when you when you take the valuations to their logical conclusions. So so you, I, I know you are great at math because you did MIT. <laughs> Audience, are you good at math? Let me give you a little <laughs> example. Simple math. Nothing complicated, arithmetic, really. So let' us say a company was founded in 2012. They raised three million dollars in Series A in 2013, 2015, revenue five million dollars, 2015, Series B funding, let's say 50 million dollars, and Series right. B valuation, billion dollars. So that's a unicorn. It's right. a right. small detail though. in fine print, right. liquidation right. preference of 3x. Right.
3: Translation: exactly.
2: VCs have to be pay hundreds, have to be paid 150 million before anyone else makes any money. Right. So now, just, unicorn bubble has burst. Two thousand seventeen. The the company hasn't grown as fast as it was projected to grow. Two thousand seventeen revenue is twenty million dollars. And now, let's say Cisco acquires the company for one hundred twenty million. Founders make no money after five years of work. Hundred percent of the returns go to the investors. Do you like terrible. the
1: scenario? No. I, I do not. I, maybe the investors <laughs> do, but I'm like these poor guys and girls who built this business end up with nothing, right? Nothing, Based on these terms, nothing.
2: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this happens a lot in venture capital. This happens a lot because people wow. assume early on that it's going to grow at this exponential pace, but most companies don't grow at right, exponential pace.
1: Right. Exactly. So we're going to come Hyper back. Hyper growth after is not a break. normal scenario. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating because, you know, what w- the expectations and the reality of what happens, how, you know, what we're going to come back after the break and talk about how you as an entrepreneur can keep from this from happening and what are the key strategies, including bootstrapping, that you can do to leverage your work into a, a, a solid, profitable, and sustainable return for yourself. We're going to come back after the break. This is Catherine Kalarko with S- Srimana Mitra from One Million by One Million, and We'll continue this conversation. Stay tuned, be back with us.
0: Are you finding your frequency? This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve
1: welcome back we're talking about entrepreneurships and and how to become a successful entrepreneur and still have a life so I, we're with sermonrmea Mitra from 1 million by 1 million and she's dedicated to helping you succeed so stay in tune and stay in touch with her to find out how you can deploy her techniques and advice to succeed in your business uh, before the break we were talking a little bit about bootstrapping and unicorns and 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 why people are so obsessed with it. I'm very interested in knowing you have stories about women entrepreneurs and and ones that have actually built a unicorn and those who have created a sustainable, profitable business and lifestyle. I'd, I'd love to hear a couple of case studies on those two.
2: Yes. So, um, I, you know, we've seen both in abundance, actually. One of my favorite examples um, on the unicorn side is, um, is Therese Tucker. Mm. So Therese Tucker... Did followed the principle I discussed, which is bootstrap first, raise money later. Grace right. founded Blackline, which is a financial reconciliation software company in 2001. Mm-hmm. The first funding she raised was in 2013 with close to $40 million in revenue. Wow. In 2016, Blackline went public at a valuation of over a billion. Revenue in 2016 was $123 million. Wow, great. When she started she was a single mother with two kids and she has pink hair you know i love how kind of fun she is she has pink hair she sells cloud-based financial reconciliation software you can't get more nerdy than that and and, you know i just love the fact that she doesn't make any excuses she executes she sells she has you know big enterprise customers and she's built a unicorn company
1: Right, uh, and she gets to be who she is. She can have pink and hair. she gets to be who she is, pink hair and all. I know, I love that. And I think that's such an inspiration that you know we as women can be, can be who we are, can, can be authentic and drive to a business and create uh, the successful outcomes. So that's a great unicorn story. What about the other one where it's maybe not a unicorn, they did it a slightly different way? Tell us a little yep. bit about that.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, by the way, on this topic, I have written a book called Feminine Feminism, and this is part of the Entrepreneur Journey series that is dedicated to women entrepreneur stories, and, and you'll find lots of women entrepreneur stories in there. Um, the one that I'll uh, point to you to is steals.com Jana Francis in Utah. Um, Jana uh, was raising children, basically, and when she had, I think, her... Uh, second or third kid she started steals.com and it was kind of this daily deal website for uh, baby clothes and oh, it's a right. yeah, Steals kind of model oh. you could say the Zulili model but it's right. a bootstrap company it's a you know lifestyle business when I first met her several years ago uh, they were doing about 16 million in revenue, obviously profitable, because if you're a successful bootstrap company, you have to be profitable. To survive, right. you have to be profitable. Right. And, uh, and very good lifestyle, very uh, you know, very successful group, and, and she supports working mothers. Her uh, staff is, I think, something like 75, 80 percent working mothers, and, and they love the work environment, the balance, the work-life balance, all of that. Wow, so She's not that. only done it for herself, she has supported a whole community of women in Utah um, to do the same thing as to achieve this work-life balance. And I know many women like that, by the way, many women entrepreneurs.
1: Right, right, exactly, and the the ability to 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 have that work life balance and also generate income, profit, and and be able to afford to have a life as well. I think that's very fundamental. And you presented a model that shows that it's possible to do that. There is yeah, and then self
2: actualization. Right, a lo- lot lot yeah. of times we see. Um, you know, I wrote an article which is actually the uh, opening chapter of Feminine Feminism. Talented women, please do not quit. And and it talks about this whole, you know, identity crisis that women go through when they've quit their careers and then in middle age they kind of resurface and they want to reconnect with their talent and their careers and what they've missed out on and so forth. And and they have real, you know, middle-age crises. And and a very good friend of mine committed suicide um, almost 10 years ago. And uh, it just... Broke my heart, and I, I looked at that issue very closely after that, and and I started thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, if you've been on a corporate career track and you have quit your career, uh, it's very difficult to come back after like a seven, ten year hiatus and come back and assume your reassume your role in some you know, equivalently senior position, because you, you're you outdated, and you've lost all your political capital, all your um, expertise, and, and things are moving so fast these days, you yeah. kind of have to take a very junior role, probably, if you want to do a corporate job, whereas in entrepreneurship, let's say even if you've taken a break to raise children, even if you come back, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are in a good position place you can you can do right. whatever you want assuming that you're a smart capable talented person you can basically start wherever you want you can succeed at whatever scale you want remember we talked earlier about definition of success okay define your success in a way that that takes care of your lifestyle needs and execute to that
1: Right, right, exactly. And and we talked earlier about the sort of stress management and creating support networks and, and getting help along the way. I think that's just as important for CEOs as it is for re-emerging women entrepreneurs who are looking to to build a business and do something innovative. And, you know, uh, uh, with Spire, the, the breath tracking device, and some of the others, there are there are ways to create mindfulness in the moment and get support. Uh, talk a little bit about the support for these, t- for these entrepreneurs or so women that are re- emerging and and any entrepreneur, what, what support's available for them out there to help them succeed in generating, say, their first million?
2: Well, this is where I will uh, take the opportunity to introduce you to 1 million by 1 million. Excellent. So we are the first, and today the only global virtual accelerator in the world. We run it out of Silicon Valley, but really with a global footprint. So wherever you are listening from, um, no matter you know how isolated or how uh, you know secluded you may be, we can work with you, and that was mm. the whole point of my starting this company. We are we've talked about so many case studies today in this conversation. Yeah. This is how we teach. You know, the Mm. whole entrepreneurship education, incubation, acceleration policy that we follow within 1 million by 1 million is using case studies. So we've had over 750 successful entrepreneurs participate in this case study program that includes 50-plus unicorn companies, about 400-plus venture-funded companies, and 300-plus Bootstrap success stories. So we've taken their success strategies and mistakes, lessons from the trenches, and synthesized a tremendous online curriculum that focuses on helping you learn from them. So you're getting a chance to stand on the shoulders of a huge number of entrepreneurs who have done it before you and have figured things out. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are, today we are in 2017, Right. A lot has happened. A lot of people have built companies and we can learn from them. So this curriculum is you can do it anytime you want, especially if you're you know, either doing a bootstrapping with a paycheck scenario or you're doing um, you know a, a, a woman you know mom as I called him <laughs> right. uh, you are if you need to do it at your at a, an odd hour, let's say your time when you can really do the studying and learning is middle of the night. Well, this curriculum is available at your fingertip, on your device, whatever device you're accessing from, anytime you want to access it. And you can learn it through this online video lectures and case study-based program. Besides that, we do online mentoring. So you can come talk to me anytime uh, you know, from anywhere in the world, these are the the online roundtables. We have free online roundtables every Thursday morning. We are approaching our three hundred fiftieth session, so come talk to me, and I will do my best to guide you through the program. And every week, we have guest entrepreneurs and investors and and other you know knowledgeable people who are who come uh, to the program as guests. So we have a thriving community and please plug into it as much as you want to take advantage of it as much as you want to and we will work with you that's
1: that's awesome so they so people have a sense of community they can actually engage and talk about what's going on as well as learn so how Absolutely. do they participate or get involved in the roundtable? What's what's the best way for them if to you, stay connected with you? You go
2: to the website one 1M by one mcom So okay. you just do a web search on 1 million by 1 million or my name's Romana Mitra. It will get you to the 1 million by 1 million website. There's a navigation tab on on the top of the website called Free Public Roundtables. Click on that. You'll have the whole schedule and all the registration links and everything. So. Uh, register to either pitch or to just attend and listen either way it's a case study again a case study based model so you learn from other people's pitches you learn by pitching yourself you learn by networking with the peer group there and, and it's available to you anytime
1: well, thank you, Srimana. I think that's awesome that you're able to connect with the entrepreneurs and provide them with a, a portal, a platform, a community, and education to help them succeed in creating the business success they're looking for. And and that may or may not be a unicorn, but you allow capacity to accelerate all of them. You know, we talked about the stories before and, and about how important it is to champion them. Is this a, a strategy to see more discussion around alternative business um, s- Successes and really to celebrate entrepreneurs that are not always the the unicorn. I mean, is this a, how how can we change the focus away from you know the having to be like a, a one billion dollar company and actually celebrating the options that are maybe not as large? Yes,
2: absolutely. So you will see that we are one million by one million is probably the foremost forum where companies that are. Not necessarily funded companies or not, not that we don't champion and celebrate right. funded companies. We have nothing against funded companies, but those are not the only kinds of entrepreneurs that we celebrate. We also celebrate the bootstrapped entrepreneurs. We also celebrate the companies that are doing it in self-fund, finance way. We also celebrate the ones that are doing it at a smaller scale. So right. if you go to our blog, it, we have this entrepreneur journey series. And mm-hmm. we have 12 books that we have published based on the Entrepreneur Journey series, each of them you know, double-clicking down on a specific topic. It could be positioning. It could be bootstrapping with a paycheck. It could be Women Entrepreneurs, which is a feminine feminism book. It could be bootstrapping with services. In each of these categories, we have a book that is 12 to 16 case studies and related analysis and, and uh, commentary. Yeah. So and- all this is celebrating all kinds of entrepreneurship strategies, and that includes bootstrapping, that includes the smaller-scale entrepreneurs. We have a book called The Other 99% Entrepreneurs, (laughs) which is a celebration of all...
1: Bootstrapped entrepreneurs. Right, right, and the, and so the 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 concept. of if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur, and and Voice of America hosts many entrepreneurs who are celebrating their stories and helping others to succeed. This is really asking all of us to step up and make it more evident the impact that the entrepreneurial community is making, and the stories of entrepreneurs of every size and shape and, and company and idea and really make that as important as the singular unicorns because we are making a huge impact and I think that it's great that organizations like 1 million by 1 million and others are are demonstrating that that value in a very directed way by both sharing the knowledge, celebrating the success and providing education to more so I really encourage you to stay in touch with uh, Srimana Mitra 1 million by 1 million And if there was one tip at the end and one thing that you would tell to entrepreneurs, Srimana, we've got just a few seconds left. What, what would you, what would you say to them?
2: I would say, please understand that excess is not a requirement for success. Mm, Do something that is meaningful to you that fits who you are. Do not try to, Measure success by external criteria, by you know, what the media is propagating or what other people around are te- you are telling you. Focus on your internal voice, what makes you feel successful, feel self-actualized, and excess is not necessarily a requirement at all for being successful.
1: That's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. Set your own measurement of success based on you and what turn, lights you up, what, is, what drives you, what you love, what your what is your follow your bliss. And this is to all of the community out there. Thank you very much for being on our, on our show today. Srimana, I really appreciate your whole honesty, your integrity and your commitment to the entrepreneurship community. And I encourage all of the listeners out there to connect with her after the show and be part of this 1 million by 1 million entrepreneurship community. Thank you so much for being on the show. Osirimana.
2: Catherine, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it tremendously and, and hope we'll have lunch sometime soon.
1: I hope so too. Well, let's we'll connect after afterwards. Everybody, stay stay in contact with Humanity Evolved. This is Catherine Kalarko. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can find us on Voice America. Make sure you check out the links to stay connected. I welcome your emails, your phone calls, and stay stay out there, stay positive, and be connected. Thank you so much. This is Catherine Kalarko with Srimana Mitra on Humanity Evolve.
0: Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then.